What's going on, all my podcasters? See Jizzle and the fucking Wizzle bringing you another episode. Um, still not really kind of feeling it. <clears throat> still kind of depressed. Not really all the way here, but I'm going to try my damnedest to bring you a good episode. So... I've got to work for, let's see, five more days before I get a day off. Technically six, because I had to work today, so, anywho, I have to work a whole six days before I get a day off, and I only get one, I don't get two, I don't get three, Um, all the way up until the 20th. And so, I don't know what the next day after the 20th looks like, 21st, or the 22nd, or the 23rd. I don't know what the 24th or the 25th looks like, but I'm going to be off Christmas Day regardless. keep forgetting, but I need to go in there tomorrow, and I need to request off New Year's Day. Well, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, because I need to look and see what, <clears throat> I need to look and see what day they fall on. So, the 31st falls on a Saturday and if that's the case we're going to be open until midnight and after you're done cleaning and all that other shit you're not going to get out of there until one in the morning so I'm going to have to request off both of those days she's not going to like it I really don't care I'm going to tell her that I'm going out of town. And there's nothing that she can do about it, really, because it's two weeks ahead of time. So, I'm going to start looking out for me. Now, there is one other shift lead... And generally, he only works Saturdays because he has another job. <clears throat> so she better be, whenever it comes around time, she better be just making him work it because I'm not going to be in any way, shape, or form ready to work that day. And that's really all I ask for is Christmas off, New Year's Eve off, New Year's Day, <clears throat> and Thanksgiving, and my birthday. Those are the only holidays that I give a shit about. The rest of the year, you know, I love Halloween, don't get me wrong. But if I gotta work on Halloween, I gotta work, you know. But when it comes down to Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, I'm not working. 
those are the, the three times a year that I'm not going to work. So, even if she was to give me a write-up, I'm still not going to work. So, <clears throat> so, anywho, I mean, I went into work today, okay? And everything was a complete clusterfuck. There wasn't anything that was really done. Dough wasn't even started. And here it gets to be about like 5, 6 o'clock. Well, about 5 o'clock. I told my co-worker, um, I said, well, my other shift lead, I said, well, it looks like we need to get this get started on dough, you know, and he's like, well, I don't really want to do it, so I'm not going to do it, you know, blah, 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 <clears throat> and I'm like, that's fine, I'll do it, but that means you got to run cut table, or you got to do dishes, and Cheyenne's got to run cut table, either way, I don't care, <clears throat> So I get into the making the dough, and I realize that most of the shit that's on the list is a it's a build to. So if it says forty and we've already got twenty, we only need to make twenty. So everything that was on the list was like I only made I only needed to make half of what it was, pretty much. And we didn't have any um, we didn't have any medium hand toss dough. So they're just gonna kinda have to suck that up tomorrow. I made them a little bit more large hand toss for that reason. <coughs> so Pretty much, I got all the dough done, the medium pans, the personal pans, the breadsticks, the dinners, stuffed crust, and the only thing that I needed help with was the large hand toss and the medium hand toss, because there was 40 of the large and there was 32 of the mediums. But since we didn't have any mediums, I only had to make... 42 enlargements. So I went back to the drawing board. I talked to my other shift lead and I said, Hey, you're here for another hour. You need to help me with getting the rest of this dough done. He was fucking off and he was talking and he was not really doing shit, you know. And so I told him that and he kind of helped me with it. But he kind of stopped. <clears throat> so anyways. Come 7.30. He was ready to leave. Him. And my one of my delivery drivers. Which was. Helping with the dishes. So. I had to not only finish dough. But I had to. Finish that last little bit of dishes. And then Carol which is the other delivery driver, kind of 
she helped a little bit on keeping up with the dishes, but at the end of the day, if it wasn't for me acting early on, I would have been there a lot later. I would have been there a lot later. I didn't get out of there until 30 minutes after, and it's because I have to go around, double check everything. I had to finish mopping the floor, I had to finish some of the dishes, I had to finish counting the drawer down. <clears throat> but I got out of there at a very decent time. And like I said, if you go into it with good time management and clean out the fryers early on, do your critical counts early on, then you're going to have nothing but time to be able to help with dishes and everything else. If you wait until the last minute like everybody else does, you're going to be scrambling. <coughs> you're going to be scrambling just to get your critical counts done and get all your paperwork done and to get the drawer counted down. Not to mention all the paperwork you got to do, you got to close it down. And the other shift lead that works on Saturdays, Kyle, he's not very good. <clears throat> he doesn't like dealing with paperwork. So whenever me and Kyle work together, which is really rare, he does the cleaning up and all that and I make sure all the critical counts done and whatnot, but tonight it was only me, Kendall, and Carol. Kendall and Harlan, or Carol and Harlan left at 7.30. <clears throat> no. Harlan left at 7.30 with Cheyenne, and Carol stayed till 9.30. really kind of stupid because she should have stayed till 10 which is whenever we closed it would have been 30 more minutes she's got this excuse that she has this other job she's got to be up early in the morning blah 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 well 30 minutes isn't gonna fucking kill you you chose to take that on. You chose to get another job. That's not my problem. That's why, you know, two hours ahead of whenever we closed at like 8 o'clock, I told Carol, I said, just so you know, because she was trying to fold boxes and shit. I'm like, we already have boxes. We got plenty of boxes over there. Mediums, larges, dinner boxes. I was cutting pizzas and I'm thinking to myself, she's going to try and leave me with all those dishes. So I called out, I talked over to her and I said, hey, I need you to be worried about getting those dishes caught up for the next two hours. And she had deliveries and shit in between. Every time you come back, I want you to be doing dishes. And she... You could tell, you know, she didn't want to. Nobody wants to do dishes. 
But doing dishes is pretty fucking simple, pretty easy. So, I mean, whenever I was doing dishes, it was very easy. So, anywho, not only did she, you know, she probably thought that she wasn't going to make any money tonight. So she didn't want to be stuck on dishes all night. Because it was Sunday and it was slow, she thought, and she didn't want to be without making any money. So I let her deliver all the way up until 9.15, 9 I don't know. And she went home with $46. <clears throat> on a Sunday, that's unheard of. $46 in her pocket. And then the cook, which he's fucking terrible. He doesn't even deserve any tips. That's how bad he is. But I still give them to him. So the cook comes up and people that leave tips on the credit card, <clears throat> we just put the receipt in the tip jar. And so a lot of times I don't even count the bills, I don't count the money, because I don't care. It's not my money, so why am I going to count it, you know? But at the end of the night, I will get the paper and I'll say, okay, here's $4 in tips, here's $3 in tips, here's this, here's that. And then I'll hand it to them. Tonight, I just got all the paper out of it, put the tips in there, and just set it off to the side. And I let, you know, him come over and collect his own tips, because I'm not going to touch it. And I don't know if he was lying, or he was bullshitting, or he just wanted to see the response, or whatever. But he told me that there was $75 in tips. And that's a fucking lie. I know there wasn't $75 in tips. There's a couple fives in there, maybe a few fives and a lot of ones, but there's no way it was $75 on tips in a Sunday. So he keeps going on and on about, you know, Oh, I'm making this money, I'm making that money. Got different business opportunities coming up and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's cool. I really don't care. I'm just trying to get the fuck out of here. So, there's another cook who is his friend or he knows him somehow. Might be his cousin. <coughs> And he's getting trained here soon for part-time because he needs a little bit extra money. He's got a job somewhere else. And so he's going to be taking over this guy's position. This new guy is going to be taking in, cutting into Scotty's hours because Scotty's always calling off. He's doing a half-assed job. You can tell him something like, oh, this is the way you need to do it, and he doesn't do it. 
So, and he's talking about quitting and shit. He's talking about quitting and all this other shit. So we hired somebody else. Because if you quit, we're going to have somebody that's already there to do your job for you. So, there's another girl that's there, and she's only there because she has to be there. She's there for like a work credit program, and if she works, she gets help through the state. She gets help with public housing, food stamps, all that shit. If she doesn't work, then she doesn't get any food stamps. It's kind of like being on probation. You gotta go and talk to your parole hearing officer or your probation officer. And she's fucking terrible. Terrible worker. Talking on her phone all the time. Fucking shit up all the time. Giving people their pizzas before she even cashes them out. I'm like, man, you can't do that. So, here's the thing. There is nothing really in my house to eat. Um, long story short, I haven't been able to go to the store in a long time because I haven't had a bike lock. I can't just ride my bike to the store. So if I have to go to the store, it's got to be somewhere that I can walk to. And there's not a lot of places <coughs> around here where you can walk. The nearest place is like a 45 minute walk. I can walk to the gas station, or I can walk to McDonald's or whatever in 20 minutes or less. But if I have to walk to the grocery store, or uh, I gotta walk from Walgreens, or Dollar General or whatever, it's generally a 45 minute walk. And that's 45 minutes there, 45 minutes back. And so, here lately, I haven't had any groceries in my house. And I haven't had any days off. I had a couple days off here recently, but nobody wanted to give me a ride to the store. So I spent those days kind of relaxing, recuperating. But I still. I'm kind of feeling it right now, because yesterday I ate, whenever I ate dinner, I ate McDonald's, spent 20 bucks. The day before that, I ate Antonio's Pizza, I spent 30 bucks. So that's $50 in two days. That could have went towards groceries. I went out and I bought more weed. And usually I wouldn't have. But they had a whole 14 grams. 
that was on sale for a hundred bucks and with the taxes and everything I think I paid probably 130 140 but it's still about ten dollars a gram and I knew Christmas time was coming up nothing's going to be open on Christmas nothing's going to be open on New Year's and I just don't want to have to worry about that later down the road so I just bought my weed got it over with so really the only thing that I have to worry about <coughs> is buying Christmas and I need to do that first because you know with shipping and everything it takes a whole a long time to get here I don't even know if some of the gifts will be here on time so and then I need to buy groceries on top of that and I still need to buy some work shoes some new work shoes and some work pants some jeans couple flannels you know um, so even after Christmas I'm still going to be spending money at first I thought you know well if after I get done spending Christmas money I should be done and at the beginning of the year I can just start saving money but that's not going to be the way that it goes I'm not going to go willy-nilly and buy like five pairs of pants and six fucking long sleeve shirts because, you know, after January you've only got February, March, April, and then it's, it's warm again. So I'm going to have to start buying shorts again. Um, but the main thing I'm worried about is getting a new pair of shoes because I'm on my feet all day long. Some days it's ten hours a day. And these shoes that I do have are crap. I mean, they're Nikes. I've had them for over a year. But they've gotten worn down, and there's no cushion to them, and they just make my toes sore. There's no support in them or anything. So, I did buy a pair of Nike air trainers for like 125 but I'm not going to wear those to work you know so and I'm a big shoe person and I'm a big hoodie person and a trucker hat person and so just because I have this $125 pair of shoes there's like three other pairs out there that are at least $125 that I want to buy so vintage shoes that they're bringing back that you're never going to fucking see again like Reebok pumps for example they've got some Nike Air Force Ones that have like a certain uh, sleeve around them with a strap and so that and you know I have a big thing for like Nike sweatpants I don't know why. I know they're expensive as fuck. They're like $80 a piece. 
they fit good, they feel good, they're good quality, I don't have to worry about them falling apart, generally, um, I feel like Nike makes clothing better than they make shoes, sometimes. And so, you know, I'm a sucker for vintage, original shit. So if Nike comes out with a um, collegiate sweatshirt or an athletic department sweatshirt that looks vintage and it's only like 30 bucks or whatever, I'm fucking buying it. And I've been wanting to get a Nike Air Max book bag. They've got the small ones, they've got the large ones. And they've got these cool little air bubbles that are see-through. And you can put your laptop in there and it'll protect it if you drop it or whatever. If you go to the airport, you got your carry-on, smushing shit around, slamming shit around, you ain't really got to worry about damaging your laptop. And that's pretty cool. I mean, not only can I use it to put my shit in, like my everyday work bag, but I can also use it to put a laptop in later down the road. And I've been using this leather book bag for a little bit, ever since I had my other one stolen. That's kind of crazy that people would steal a book bag, but hey. I really like that book bag too because my mom got it uh, for me for last Christmas and it was an I think it was an Adidas book bag I'm pretty sure no it might have been Fila I think it was Fila but it was bright green and blue and it was comfortable and it stored a lot of shit in it and it was durable and I really liked it. I might get another one just like it. I don't know. But like I said, I'm a sucker for book bags, hats, shoes, sweatpants. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But it's mainly trucker hats and hoodies. And high top shoes. I thought about opening up a shop called Hoodies, Hats, and High Tops because I love all three. <laughs> Somebody out there will probably steal that idea. But hey, I've got many, many, many other million dollar ideas. <clears throat> So if you want to take that idea and you want to make something out of it, be my guest. 
it's very hard to start a business nowadays anyways. So, hoodies, hats, and high tops. Sounds like a good business. If I don't make it doing my two or three other businesses, maybe I might fall back on that. Who knows? So, not only do I know after Christmas, next January, next year, not only do I know that I'm not going to be done spending money, but I'm still thinking about maybe getting another bike. Getting a $400 bike, something that's more dependable, that comes from a bike shop. And I don't know if anybody's familiar with the name, but Giant is... I've always kind of wanted a Giant. They've got Specialized, they've got Giants, they've got Cannondales. I've been a fucking Cannondale kind of guy since I can remember. But I've always wanted a Specialized. And Giants, you know, are just kind of in that category as well. They're really good, solid bikes. So, $400 isn't a bad price. I don't know if it's a 29-inch or a 26-and-a-half-inch. It's probably not a 29-inch. But either way, $400 versus $1,200 is a big difference. And I thought about selling this bike that I have. Because I bought it for 250 It's a good solid bike. I barely even put any wear and tear on it. But I could sell it for probably 150 On Marketplace. For sure. It's a good solid bike. It's brand new almost. And so I only need, you know, 250 Then, to be able to buy this new bike. And if nobody wants to pay $150 for it, I'll go $75. But that's pretty much the lowest that I'm going to go. <clears throat> With that being said, $225 is still isn't a bad price. No, it would be 325. Still isn't a bad price. Got a good solid bike. You just sold uh, your bike for 75 bucks. It's not bad. 
and I just, I cannot fucking see myself spending $2,000 on an electric bike. I just can't. I can get a gas-powered Honda for like 1200 bucks. At the most, 2000 bucks, 2500 bucks. And it's going to go a lot faster. It's going to be a lot more dependable. It's going to last me a lot longer. So I just can't see myself buying an electric bike. The batteries go out on it. You're fucked. You gotta you gotta spend the money to buy new batteries. A motor goes out on it. Then you're fucked because you gotta spend two or three hundred dollars to get a new motor. And then you gotta put the shit on. It's not like there's anybody around here that has an electric bike shop. So you have to put the shit on. I'm not an electrician, I'm not a bike mechanic. So I don't like doing that shit. Because there's a chance I'm going to fuck it up. And yeah, I don't like doing that. So there are people that I can take it to, but again, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. As long, you know, if I if I'm buying a bicycle from a bike shop, I'm gonna know that if something goes wrong with it, they're gonna be able to fix it. And if I can't pedal a bike to get to work, I don't need to fucking be going to work. And it's really, it would be great. It would be convenient. It would kind of help to have a little bit of assistance with these motors. That's really all that they're good for, is for a little bit of assistance. But to be able to depend on them, to get to and from in the middle of a snowstorm when it's negative 20 degrees outside is stupid. Because everybody and their brother knows you cannot have an electric battery below freezing for very long. If it's negative 20 degrees outside, guess what? I'm still going to be pedaling my bike. And it's, it's the same thing with these bike companies that are making hydraulic disc brakes. It's fucking stupid for people like me that live in freezing temperatures because after it gets below freezing, you can't use hydraulic brakes. They freeze up. All the fluid in there freezes up. You go to stop and you can't stop. Some bikes have 
mechanical disc brakes on the back and hydraulic disc brakes on the front and thank god that they have it that way because like I said there was one season where I was borrowing a bike from my bike mechanic the one that I usually go to and like I said he had hydraulic disc brakes on the front but he had mechanical pull brakes disc brakes on the back and I went to go stop one day at a stoplight I pulled my front brakes like I usually do and they didn't even work pulled my back brakes of course they worked but it's crazy The only reason why people use hydraulic disc brakes is because the response rate, whenever it's warm outside, whenever it's, you know, it's not winter time, is fucking great. You can stop on a dime. And, you know, but even then, you know, you got to change the hydraulic fluid in it every once in a while. You got to do your maintenance on it, whether it's five years, ten years, whatever. You're going to have to drain all the fluid out of it and redo it. Maybe not. Maybe you might get a good pair of hydraulic lines, but it's just terrible. For anybody that's riding anywhere that's cold, don't get fucking hydraulic brakes. It's stupid. It's ignorant. Mechanical pole disc brakes work just as good, if not better. Something that you have an actual cable hooked up to. It's more dependable. It's more dependable. Especially if you're riding somewhere in the mountains in the Sierra Nevadas and Grand Canyon, it's fucking freezing outside, and you decide to go take a trail somewhere down a hill, and let's say, you know, this hill doesn't look that bad, but you can get to doing 40, 50 miles an hour, and first of all, even if you had mechanical pull disc brakes, it would be crazy but let's say you're one of those fucking idiots and you go around one of those snake hairpin turns doing 50 miles an hour and you realize that your brakes are out it's cold as fuck outside it's 20 degrees you're up in the mountains and you're like oh my, my front brakes don't work <clears throat> And then you realize, oh, my back brakes don't work because I have hydraulic brakes in the front and in the back. Now, I don't think that any bike out there should have front and back hydraulic brakes. That's a death sentence. Unless you're going to be somewhere that's warm all year round, that's a death sentence. Because, like I said, if you have to stop 
you're in freezing conditions and you have to stop, you're fucked. You are fucked. You could be doing 50 miles off the side of a fucking cliff. And so I don't believe in all this newfangled technology, you know, suspension and brakes and all this other shit. I have a hard tail frame with front suspension. I don't have any rear shocks. Hard tail frames are the best. And I've got mechanical pull disc brakes. Period. Even with this cheap Walmart bike, and I call it cheap or whatever, it wasn't really cheap. $250 Walmart bike. And I wanted to get the Mongoose, I'm not gonna lie. But I got a Genesis Velati, and it's everything that I needed in a bike for the winter. Because it's got the hardtail frame with front shocks. It doesn't have 29 inch rims, but you know, 26 and a half inch rims are just as good. And it's got mechanical pull brakes, disc brakes on the front and the back. No hydraulic nothing. So, when it's negative 10, negative 20 degrees outside, I'm still going to be able to stop. So when I was growing up, whenever I was driving age or whatever, my dad used to tell me, whenever I actually got my first car or whatever, he used to tell me there's two things that you don't fucking skimp on and that's tires and brakes a lot of people will try to put it off or whatever but he said don't fucking you know spend the extra money and get good tires spend the extra money and get good brakes because that's you know all that really matters. I've seen people that had cars and shit growing up, even recently, and their tires are bald. I'm like, dude, you have like less than a half inch of tread on your fucking tires. Like, Less than a quarter inch of tread on your tires. If a snowstorm was to come, you'd be fucked. You wouldn't be able to deliver any pizza and you'd get stuck somewhere. Or, heaven forbid, somebody pulls out in front of you, you wouldn't be able to stop. And all these people that I work with, you know, they live paycheck to paycheck. And most of them, you know, live with their mom, or they live with their their girlfriend, or staying with their grandma or some shit. So they can afford to actually pay for insurance, they can afford to actually pay for gas and all that other shit. 
Anywho. Try to explain it to people, but I'm not really ready to do that yet. I don't have enough money every month to pay for insurance and gas and rent and groceries and living all on my own. So. <clears throat> but, um, you know, I got to thinking the other day. I think it was yesterday. It might have been today. I don't know. I was at work and I was thinking, you know, I seen this kid that walked up and he was getting a DoorDash order and he had a relatively nice car, you know, it was like a Toyota Avalon or some shit, I don't know, nothing crazy but, you know, got good gas mileage, it was new. And so I got to thinking about it, and I'm like, man, why don't I do something like that? And I, I've talked to people that have done door dashing and shit, and I've heard from two or three different people that they wake up at 6 in the morning, they do door dash, and they don't get home until 6 at night. So they're running their car for like, 12 hours a day. It's a lot of fucking stress on a car. I don't know, you know, I don't know if you can do that with an older car that has problems. And I wouldn't really want to because if your shit goes fucked up, then you don't have a way to make any money. Your car gets fucked up, it's got problems, it takes $300 to fix it or more, and you're out of work for a whole week and you don't have any money to fix it, you're going to be fucked. So the only way that I think that DoorDash or Uber Eats or whatever would be a good job is if you had a new car. And when I say new, I mean within the past five to eight years or with 100,000 miles or less on it. Maybe you got lucky and had some old lady that owned it. And it really, it really just depends on where you live as well. There's so many different factors that come along with doing DoorDash or Grubhub or Uber Eats. Um, but yeah, if you woke up at 6 in the morning and you didn't get home till 6 at night, the chances are you're going to make a lot of money. Um, but you're going to use a lot of wear and tear on that car. So, let's say you go out to a used car dealership and you buy a car for 15 grand. Maybe less, maybe 12, maybe 10, I don't know. And you get some little Honda or something. And you can use that thing to go and do door dashing for a year. Maybe two years. I don't know. 
you might get two years out of it. But from what I've heard, from what everybody keeps saying, is there's people out there that are making $60,000 a year off of just door dashing. And, and a lot of these people aren't claiming it on their fucking taxes. A lot of these people are out there just door dashing, door dashing, especially with, if they get tips. You know, they don't claim that shit. They don't claim tips. If you're a door dasher, you're just claiming, you know, what you get paid hourly, and that's it. Just like if you deliver for Pizza Hut, I know them motherfuckers don't claim their tips. I know they don't. And I don't really blame them in a time like right now. You just sit there and people that work hard for their tips, you know, it should be undisclosed, it should be under the table, should never even, nobody should even know that it existed. So, giving tips nowadays is really weird. It's really weird. They've got it really fucked up. They've got the whole game messed up. Like, if you go out to Hardee's right now, or McDonald's, or Steak and Shake, or whatever, they ask you, do you want to leave a tip? And, you know, that's fine if you go somewhere and they always do a good job and you want to leave them a tip. But if you're just going in there and picking up for one time, I'm not going to tip you because I don't know if the food's going to be good. I don't know, you know, the service was kind of crap. You know, it took you a little while to get me my shit while you took care of the whole dining room. And it's the same thing with tipping people on DoorDash ahead of time, tipping delivery drivers that are pizza drivers ahead of time. I don't do that if I, if I can help it, you know. If I don't have any cash, yeah, I'll put a tip on the card. But, you know, why would I tip somebody $7, which is a good tip, when there's a chance that they're going to forget my sauce, the pizza's going to be wrong, they could have forgot my two liter or my, you know, breadsticks or anything. So I don't like tipping people ahead of time. And, you know, it's the same thing like when I go to the dispensary to get weed. they got little boxes out there. It's like tips are appreciated. And, you know, you know, everybody's got the whole game fucked up. Because tips, not everybody deserves a tip. And, you know, when it comes down to service and shit like that, it used to be that just cooks and valets, maybe a butler or whatever, got a tip. And they deserved it. But nowadays, it's cooks that work at McDonald's and fucking everybody thinks that they deserve a tip. And I'm like... If I believe it was good service, like let's say I go to Burger King and let's say I order my shit 
and you got it out to me at a pretty decent time on a carry-out order, because like I said, I don't have a car. And you get it out to me at a decent time, and everything's there, and everything's fresh. I'm going to fucking give the cook a tip by hand. I'm going to tell him, I want to speak to the cook, you know. And that's the way that it works. You don't just leave a tip on the card for the company to collect. Or for the cashiers to split up. Or, you know. The tip always goes to the cook. Whenever it comes to fast food. And these Kia, like I said. You go to fucking McDonald's, they want... I don't, I don't know. They didn't ask me for a tip the last time. But... Steak and Shake, Steak and Shake is a big person that always asks, you know, if you want to leave a tip. And, like I said, I walk across the street, I go over there, I order two double cheeseburgers or whatever for ten bucks. And it's crazy that you want to ask me for a tip. When I had to walk across the street, I had to come over here and order my shit. What the fuck did you do besides your job? You know? You were going to you were going to make my sandwich anyways. So the fact that you're acting asking for a tip is crazy. Unless you go above and beyond. Unless you go above and beyond. That's the only reason why you should ever get a tip. And everybody thinks that they should get a tip. And a lot of people are out of touch with how much a decent tip really is. Because it goes by percentages. It goes by percentages. And I would say a 15%, 20% tip is a good tip. Anything more than that is not necessary. But, you know, somebody like me, okay? I order pizza and let's say it's a $30 tip or a $30 bill. 10% of 30 is three dollars. So twenty percent would be six dollars. So that is that's more than a decent tip nowadays. Now there's a big confusion between going out to eat, having a server, you know, having a good experience, and tipping. And then you have a major confusion with these other restaurants now that since COVID has came along that they think that everybody should tip. And that's fucking crazy. That's crazy. If you haven't provided me a service... <clears throat> then why should I tip you? 
The only thing that you did was make my sandwich the way that you were supposed to make it. I had to come up here and pick the shit up, you know, with Jimmy John's, for example. I have to go, I have to order my own shit, go there, pick it up, instead of, instead of having somebody deliver it, which I could, but I go and pick the shit up, and then they want me to tip them. Now, if you make my sandwich fucking fantabulous, fucking great, with all the shit that I asked for, I don't have a problem tipping. If I go to the same McDonald's and I get three triple cheeseburgers with extra pickles and extra onions and you get it right every fucking time, I'm not going to have a problem with tipping. But it's when I go to a restaurant and I tip somebody five or six dollars and then my whole order is fucked up. So why the fuck did I tip them? I don't know. Anywho, we're going to end up calling this podcast a night. I've got a couple more beers to drink, a little bit more weed to smoke. i got to start some laundry. Um, but I've also got to work tomorrow and... So, it's 1.20 in the morning, and after this podcast is done, it's done. Which, I say is done. So, I wish I could sit here and talk some more about some shit, but I just don't have the time. So... Maybe I might make one in the near future, you know, but, you know, for now, it was real, it was fun, but it wasn't real fun. So, until the next one, see Jizzle and the Wizzle signing off. Deuces.